Welcome to Wildwood College Life of Wildwood Community Church in Norman, Oklahoma. We are four following Jesus together to the glory of God. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Bible teaching, breakfast, and fellowship, and would love to see you there this week. Follow us on Instagram at Wildwood College for more information. And with that, let's dive into this week's message. My name is Shanae, and this is my husband. Yes, I'm Chris, uh, the intern-in-law. Thank you. <laughs> yes. yes, so we're going to dive right in, but I am going to give you guys a little insight into who I am, and you might hate me for it, but I am a serial movie talker. Okay, I totally talk during every movie, TV show. I am constantly the one like, what just happened? What did I miss? Did I miss something? Why did he say that? And, and I always wish that, you know, just Christopher Nolan could be sitting on the couch next to me, walking me through Interstellar, telling me, like, this is why I did that. This is why this is happening. Like, you don't have to wait till the end. Like, I'll just tell you now. <laughs> yes, yes, she is a movie talker. Um, yes. <laughs> but, and if you're like me, I guess, um, more so, I, like, I enjoyed school, um, and, um, like, a lot of the classes in high school and college, um, science, math, or whatever, but, like, I did not enjoy English at all, which is sad, because that's my only language I can speak, um, and so I just did not enjoy that class, did not, um, you know, just wasn't what I excelled at, and a lot of English classes reading um, texts, you know, like the Odyssey or other old historical texts through high school and college, and um, like I would just wish, you know, that I had the author of the text there with me, sitting beside me to explain it. That'd make it go so much easier if I just had, you know, Shakespeare there next to me to tell me what the heck these poems mean, because I don't know. Um, and so as we're looking at studying scripture through this Bible study boot camp series, um, you might think, wouldn't it be great if Jesus was here with me right now to just explain everything that he says? Like, if you ask me that question, my initial response would be, absolutely. Like, I would love for Jesus to be here and explain his words to me. Um, but Jesus himself actually says um, that it is better that um, the Holy Spirit comes and that he leaves and that the Holy Spirit can guide us. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. If we want to click to the yeah, slide. so just to review the last couple weeks, I hope you guys have made it to some of this series because we've had some really fun giveaways and we've talked about how to read your Bible. And so Kevin started with why the Bible is true. And if it's true and really inspired by God himself, then it's authoritative for our lives. I mean, he talked about how right theology is lived theology. And so the more we learn about God, the more we worship and obey him. Um, and then last week, we talked about the practical methods to study it with observation, interpretation, and application, and how you need all three of those to accurately um, evaluate a text. But we're moving from the practical to the spiritual. And today, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit empowers believers to not just understand it, but actually live it out. Um, and that's only empowered by God's Spirit. Yeah, so like he says in, um, in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So like point four for Bible study boot camp, as we study scripture, we're going to be looking at how the Holy Spirit empowers believers to understand and live out scripture. Um, and kind of the, the three main points we're going to look at in this is the timeline of the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, and then we're going to see how he illuminates the word and how he empowers us as believers. 
Um, and like Kevin read to begin with, our, the main you know, verse we looked at in this study, the main passage comes from 1 Corinthians. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2, I'm just going to read it again. It says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So the first thing, as we get into this, you can probably see all through this chapter is it's referencing the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the spirit. So we're going to, we're going to go over who the Holy Spirit is. What is the Holy Spirit? Um, And we have on this slide just a lot of verses, a lot of, um, you know, attributes of the Holy Spirit. If we want to click to the next one, yeah. Um, I probably don't have time to go into all of these, and we're going to send our slide deck in the group me afterwards because we have a lot of verses on here because we just wanted to, to back everything up. Um, but the main thing that we wanted to get across is that the Holy Spirit is God. Um, it is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is one of three distinct persons of the Trinity, and it's God's continued presence here on earth. So as you look through these attributes, it's going to be the attributes of God. You know, the, the Creator, He was eternal, sovereign, brings regeneration, gives life, is everywhere, gifts, judgment, renewal. Um, the Spirit is the Spirit of God. And so as we, as we read through this, as we see the Holy Spirit, you know, and we look at his, how he worked in the Old Testament, um, the New Testament in our lives today, it's the same God that created everything, the same God that led the army of the Israelites, the same God that came in the form of a man and died for our sins, the same God that's going to come back and judge. This powerful God that we serve um, is the Holy Spirit. And so that's the Spirit we're talking about um, today. And so we're going to go into a timeline of the Holy Spirit's um, work here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. So jumping back to our theme verse, um, it says, we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. So right here, this is where we thought we need to go through a history of the Holy Spirit, because why? Why is he saying that people didn't fully understand at this time? He's saying like the rulers that crucified Jesus, they didn't understand the scriptures that prophesied this being the Messiah and everyone's savior. They didn't understand it. and then even Isaiah, who is the one quoted there, um, what no eye has seen. That's a quote from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Um, and he even could not imagine what God had prepared before the beginning of time for us fully. And so, um, yeah, so that's why we want to talk through um, why could people not understand? Why could they not see? Why could they not hear or um, imagine? And so we see the spirit existing um, in the beginning of time. And then in the Old Testament, we see the spirit coming and going um, on his people in order for a, a specific purpose. So to empower, to lead, to authorize for office. And so Yes, so we see that um, 
the mystery too that they're talking about, the secret and hidden wisdom that God has prepared before time. What do they mean in this? Um, well, what they mean is the gospel. And in 2 Timothy, we see the definition of the gospel, this thing God's prepared for us. It says, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the mystery that 1 Corinthians 2 is talking about is the gospel. So the Old Testament writers could not fully grasp um, what this gospel was um, because, yeah, the Spirit is uh, coming upon prophets, coming upon the writers to write scripture, but not, not like we have him. And so we also see in 1 Samuel an example of this, um, like authorizing for... Um, office with Saul. And so Samuel says to Saul, the, the spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now, when these signs meet you, do what your hands find to do for God is with you. When he turned his back to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart. God gave Saul another heart alongside the spirit of God. And so this is an example of how the spirit came upon chosen leaders for a specific purpose in the Old Testament. And then if we go to the time of Jesus, um, Jesus, you know, or, yeah, Jesus is God. This Holy Spirit is God. And so they were obviously close companions. And we see very tangible evidence of their companionship throughout the Gospels. And so often Jesus will say, I am working out of the power of the Holy Spirit or, um, John bears witness at the beginning of Jesus's ministry that the spirit descended from heaven on him like a dove and remained on him. Um, and even Mary, we know, was uh, like impregnated with Jesus because of the spirit. And so throughout his life, we see this evidence. Um, but the spirit was still not fully given to people in the time of Jesus. While Jesus walked the earth, um, we also see lots of verses of the disciples just not fully getting it. There's a lot of kind of embarrassing moments throughout the Gospels where the disciples are just straight up asking like, what does he mean by this? What does he mean? And honestly, those, those questions give a credibility to the Bible because if I was the writer, I would not want to include how confused I was in um, Jesus explaining the Gospel, explaining his death and resurrection. But Jesus continually promises this coming spirit. Yeah. So that's the Old Testament kind of timeline of the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. And then when Jesus fulfills his promise and the Holy Spirit is sent, um, that's kind of the day we refer to as, as uh, Pentecost. And we see that in Acts. Um, it says, but you will receive my power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, the Spirit is promised to come, like we read in John as well, and he's promised to come and teach them and empower them. And then uh, in Acts 2 is when we see um, the day of Pentecost actually occur. And um, Acts 2 says, when that day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they, um, <clears throat> where they were sitting. And... Um, and 
I know. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this is when that promise of the Holy Spirit being sent is fulfilled. The Holy Spirit comes to the apostles gathering in the, in the upper room, and this um, is going to empower them to preach. On that day, there was thousands of believers added to the church and the kingdom of God, and this kind of is the, the kickstarter to the growth of the early church. So that brings us up to today, where the Holy Spirit is given to all believers, and we see that very clearly throughout all of Scripture. Um, Acts 15 says, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Um, we see that the Holy Spirit comes equally to Jews and to Greeks and to Gentiles and to all. Um, and we see that um, the Spirit comes to all believers, I guess is what I'm trying to say, um, which is the next slide if we want to click there. Um, there's a ton of verses. These are, this is just a couple that we grabbed from Scripture about um, all believers having the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 2.38 does a good job. It says... Um, like we said, all will receive the Holy Spirit. Um, Galatians talks about the Spirit being sent into our hearts. And then in Romans, that God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit. With the point being, like, this, this God that we've read throughout all of Scripture, this powerful God who's, who's able to do all these signs and wonders, who's able to come and die for our sins, like Jesus himself, um, that God now dwells, and the Spirit of God dwells in all believers, um, which is super cool and super encouraging. And so that's kind of the timeline. We see who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit did, and now like the fact that believers today have the Holy Spirit to um, guide us. And so we're going to look at, kind of going back to the Bible study boot camp theme, how the Spirit helps us to study the Bible. So we're going to look at the three main points of that being that we'll have a desire to read Scripture, um, the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to understand Scripture, and that we will be able to receive godly wisdom because we have the Spirit. Yeah, so first of all, just what a time to be alive, y'all. What a time to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and really shaping us from the inside out um, and making us a new creation. And so you've probably heard this before, but at the time of your faith in Christ, at the time of your salvation, you are given his spirit and you are made a new creation. And so with that new spirit, you become a new person. Um, all of your desires change. And uh, the Spirit is the one who produces this. Um, and so one of those desires is to know God. And how do we know God? Through his word. And so we have this hunger to wake up every day, to go throughout our days craving who God is, what he says about me, growth in his power. And so... And Jesus even says, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, and then Peter describes it as like newborn infants long for this pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. And so even without having a pastor or a friend tell you, you should start reading the Bible. Even at the moment of salvation, you have the Holy Spirit reminding you, hey, there's a God that you can know. Hey, wake up and crave this food, this nutrients that will help you grow. Um, and he is the one that produces this. 
And so secondly, when we open our Bible, it's not just gibberish to us. It's not just folly because the Holy Spirit illuminates the pages, opens our eyes to understand scripture. Back to our theme verse. It says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So we already talked about this. What are the things freely given? Well, the gospel. The gospel is freely given to all. Um, Christ's saving work, um, his death on the cross and conquering that death and resurrecting three days later and offering that um, freedom and life to us. That is what is freely given to us and explained by the spirit. But then also there are these spiritual truths that are continually being interpreted for us. Um, that is continuing to reveal what God means, what his will is throughout God's word to us. Um, and Jesus also describes this when he says in John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, so he calls him the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and what he um, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so just like Jesus was a perfect picture of our heavenly Father on earth, the Spirit is a perfect picture of Jesus and God. And that is what dwells in us and is guiding us. This, these are active words, y'all. This is not boring. This is not dead religion. This is an active living spirit of God in us, opening our eyes to see the truth. Yeah, and so kind of the third point we have here is if, if we're able to understand scripture, if we're able to understand the word of God, um, then we're able to receive the knowledge and the wisdom from him. It's not clouded to us, we're able to understand it. And it's not the wisdom of the world. We're not seeking how to make logical, wise decisions based off what maybe makes the most sense to, to the world standard, but it's a, it's a wisdom from God. And we're gonna talk more about that when we come back. We're gonna pause actually for a time of discussion. Before we do though, I know we're kind of flying through this. I hope we're not losing you, but if you're gonna take you know the, the gist of what we're saying away, it's that the Holy Spirit is God. You know, All believers have the Holy Spirit. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we're able to understand the word of God and spiritual things. And that is incredibly encouraging. It's super exciting. And it's, it's what gets us fired up and it's why we're up here. I am so excited. We have Ashani up here to share her testimony with you about what God's done in her life. And it's just so wild, y'all. Um, God is so clearly at work. And while Chris and I were preparing for this lesson this week, um, I got to meet with Ashani and have lunch and hear her story. And just some of the things she said were exactly what we've been here, like reading in scripture and preparing for. And so I can't wait for her to share, um, yeah, how God's changed her life. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Ashani and I'm a first year at OU right now. And I've been going to Wildwood for about a semester and some change. So to start with my testimony, um, I found Jesus, or Jesus found me, whenever I was a junior in high school, and during that time, I was a lot with, like, I was dealing with a lot of stuff with school because I was an IB diploma candidate, which 
taking all IB courses, like AP classes. And I felt very lonely and empty on the inside. And you just have that like void in you that I didn't really know how to fill at the time because I had not grown up in a Christian household. And so I, my solution to that um, at the time was like, I'd never been in a relationship before. And I thought the way to fill that was um, finding a relationship, finding a person that could fill that because that was my thought process at the time. And so I was talking to my friend Isaac and I was like, hey, like, do you ever feel like this? Like, this is kind of crazy. And he was like, oh, like, you need, like, you need Jesus in your life. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what? And I was like, that's crazy. And then um, he was like, yeah, you need God. And I was like, I was like, oh no, like, I have God. I was a Hindu at the time. I was like, I have God, I don't need that. You, like, you're not listening to me. I need a person to fill that. And then he got into like explaining who Jesus was, how he can, how he changed his life, how he can change mine. And um, I caught interested in learning more about Christianity because I just never really knew anything about it. And um, so I found a Bible in my house crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know how it was there, but I found Bible. And it was laying on my desk, and I was like super excited, been like learning about Jesus for like maybe two weeks. And my mom saw it on my desk, and she's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's a Bible. Like, that's the answer like to things. Like, I was like so excited to share Jesus, uh, like about Jesus to her. And then it did not turn out well. My mom was quite upset with that. And, um, uh, it was like, it was, it was a crazy time. So I continued to learn about Jesus. I hid my faith for over a year and a half or so um, from my parents just because there was a lot of like yelling, a lot of just like negative things going on with that that just put me in a bad place. Um, and I didn't want to share my faith or anything because it just wasn't, didn't feel right. And so um, it eventually got to the point where I was, not happy with the fact that I couldn't share Jesus. I couldn't fully accept him in my heart if I was scared to share, um, like, the fact that, like, all the great things Jesus has done, I'm just, like, hiding him and, like, being ashamed, and that's not right. So um, I, I talked to my mom, uh, like, Jesus found a way to bring up the conversation, and <laughs> it was a yelling argument, and it came down to the point where my mom said, you have two choices. You either choose God or you choose your family, which my family has been what I depend on my entire life. Like I didn't have God or anything at the time. And I, my mom will not talk to me again. She will cut off all connection with me. I will not go to college. I'll lose my car, basically lose my whole family or choose God. And it was like a difficult choice because obviously I only known God for like a year. And here I am putting up like a decision between my family and God. And I decided, told my mom, I was like, I choose God over you. And it was really hard for her to hear. And it was difficult because, I don't know, it was just my parents didn't understand that they don't have the Holy Spirit. And how have you seen the Holy Spirit change your view and your desire for scripture and like understanding of the gospel? Um, there were a lot of things that I didn't understand before I was a Christian. So like, things that like I did know were like, oh, like a Christian can't marry another, um, a Christian can't marry a non-believer. And I was like, that's not very loving. Like, what the heck? Like, that's, that's kind of rude. Like what? <laughs> and so, um, but like, and then also the fact of like, 
oh, um, like converting others. Like I was like, that's, you leave your beliefs to you. I'll have my beliefs, be okay with that. You don't need to be going and converting everybody that you see. And so that's my, that was my take on Christianity in the beginning. And there was like a negative stigma in that obviously. Not that like nobody had told me to think that, but just it was crazy how like I naturally came to that conclusion even though like I'd never met God or anything, so. But now, obviously, I understand the equal yoking between two believers and the purpose of that. And I also believe, like, when you love God and you want to share it, like, obviously, you're going to tell others and you love them. You want to see them in heaven as well. So I, I was able to um, understand that. And my desire for God grew over time because I was, like, obviously wanting to know more and more about Jesus because I love him and that love grows deeper whenever you know more about him. So I think the Holy Spirit really guided me in that and like having that desire even though um, I didn't like know a whole lot about it and also kind of things that like I didn't even read in the Bible. So like gossiping to people and I was like this feels wrong. Like I feel convicted even though I had never even like read that before. Like obviously I know like cursing's wrong so like I would stop that and everything that I knew that was like wrong at the time kind of just like cut itself out within like a week. And like my parents even saw that they were like like they like saw the like actions like so even though they're not reading the bible and they don't like know who jesus is they can see jesus within me because they're able to see like all the things that like i removed from my life and how much happier i am and it was just insane i was like who is this person like what <laughs> so yeah <laughs> oh my goodness thank you so much for sharing this testimony it's so powerful to just illuminate like what we're talking about today but also like as your church family to come around you and like celebrate what God's done in your life. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That gets me fired up. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, and it, you know, ties nicely into our next few points. So that doesn't <laughs> hurt. Um, which is how the Holy Spirit helps us live out the Bible. So if we know Holy Spirit's God, we know we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lets us understand scripture. How does the Holy Spirit empower us to live out those truths? Is there any hope for us when we read these things in scripture to actually live them out? And so um, we see, you know, kind of the, the three application points being that the Holy Spirit um, produces radical change in our lives. It gives us wisdom for all decisions and he shows us God's perspective. Um, so the first, um, yeah, thank you. The first slide being that the Holy Spirit produces change. And I'm sure um, you're familiar, hopefully, with um, the, the fruits of the Spirit, um, Galatians 5, 16 through 25. And it says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So because we have the Holy Spirit, we're able to understand these things. We're able to um, put to death our old desires, and instead the Spirit will produce in us new desires. And this is the work of the Spirit. It's not something that we can do on our own. You don't see a tree just decide to produce whatever kind of fruit it wants. You know, The tree produces the fruit based off what kind of tree it is, and we have the mind of Christ and Christ in us. And so we should see um, this scripture that we understand. It should change our, our lives and our actions. Um, and then we also see kind of another 
aspect of the Holy Spirit and, and the role of understanding scripture in how we resist temptation, how we fight the schemes of the world. Um, Ephesians talks about the, the armor of God. How, how do we defend against the world and against the schemes of the devil and against temptation? And as you read through the armor of God, you see that our only offensive weapon is the sword. Um, and it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And so the way that we actively fight our weapon against temptation and against the things of the world and against the schemes of the devil is the word of God. And because we have the spirit, we're able to understand that word. You know, when, when Jesus was tempted, he, he, re, he rebuttaled the temptation of the devil with scripture. He knew scripture, he knew its truth, and he was able to resist temptation because he lived by that. And we are able to do that also, um, which is awesome. And just, you know, a side note or a cool analogy is if you never practice with a sword, you never use a sword, you're gonna suck with a sword. Like if, I, if you just handed me a sword and dropped me off into battle, I'm gonna die. I don't know how to use a sword, you know? But if you train with the sword, if you you wake up and first thing in the morning, you you you, you train and you use the sword, you're gonna know how to defend yourself. And so we're given this incredible weapon, we're given this ability to understand how to use this weapon and how to you know, fight this stuff. Um, and it's just silly if we don't use it, you know, if we don't read our scripture. Um, and then just um, another cool thing that the Spirit enables us to do as we read through scripture is to guide our decisions. Um, we're able to make decisions based off scripture and the leading of the spirit and not based off the world you know going um into first corinthians it's long so i won't, I won't read the whole thing the the kind of precursor to our main verse today is just that the the wisdom of the world is folly the 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 wisest knowledge you could get in the world is stupid compared to the things of God. Um, and we have the mind of Christ. We have scripture we're able to understand. So why on earth would we make decisions based off the world's logic? Why would we pick our summer plans based off what, what pays the most or what looks the coolest or any of, you know, the logic of the world when we have the spirit and we have the word of God that can guide our decisions. Um, and so, you know, we're also told that if we pray, we receive wisdom, kind of in that same line. We have scripture, we also have the Holy Spirit, and God promises wisdom. And there's tons of verses throughout scripture that talk about wisdom being granted through a few up there. Um, but it, it's very clear that those who pray for wisdom receive it. And we've, we have the word of God with us today, and we're able to understand it. And so this, this is super encouraging. You know, we don't make decisions based off logic. We don't make decisions based off what makes sense. We're basing this off the word of God and his guidance. And, you know, we don't have time to go into the Elizabeth Elliot story. Thought we might, we don't. Um, but yeah, just an awesome example of somebody who didn't make, you know, necessarily what would seem to be a logical decision. Um, husband killed, things were not working, but still decided to pursue this tribe um, and share the gospel because it's what the Bible says to do in the spirit letter and um, the other wives of the murdered missionaries. And if you want to look into that later, you can. But just a great example, um, yeah, of how we make decisions based off the truth of the scripture that we can understand. So, yeah. Yes, it's a really incredible story. And if you want to read The Shadow of the Almighty, we highly recommend. Um, so, another aspect of this living out scripture is having an eternal perspective. So, even the world will tell you, you know, you just need to zoom out a little. You need to get a bigger perspective on your life. Think about things in terms of a year or 10 years. And the truth is, is that still might be discouraging. 
that still might be, like things might not get better in 10 years. Things might not get better at all on earth. We are actually guaranteed persecution and trials and hardship. And so you might be killed for your faith and die this you know, horrible death and it never gets better on earth, but yet we're still called to have joy. And so how, how does that work? Well, how that works is zooming out even further to our eternity with the security and the presence of our Father, um, the joy of having God with us throughout our days, the joy of knowing that Jesus conquered our sin, conquered death, that there's no fear in this earth. Um, those types of things are what fuels our joy and peace and hope. And so Romans 5 says this beautifully. James 1 is another one that talks about how on earth could we rejoice in our sufferings? How could we consider every trial pure joy? Well, because it produces endurance and character and hope. And God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so just these verses, if this was at the forefront of your mind at all times, that God's love is continually poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit and dwells with you, he is with you, everything looks different. Praise God. Um, and so just the last encouragement is that we want you to walk away feeling empowered that you can understand scripture if you have the Holy Spirit. And so you can understand scripture and God's will because um, it's different than human wisdom, but we can be taught by the spirit, um, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And the natural person will not accept this. You know, your parents might not understand, like we heard with the Shawnee, um, and they might not even understand if they're believers. Like they might feel like you are not acting how we raised you. You know, you're not shooting for the promotion because you feel like your ministry with your current coworkers is so strong. Or, you know, you're not buying that new house in that nice neighborhood because your neighbors are where you're seeing, um, you know, the gospel being shared. Like the rest of our lives, we get to be on this exciting journey of having the Spirit lead us in God's wisdom. To go back to our theme verse, of course the Holy Spirit can guide us in what God wants because the Holy Spirit is God and understands the depths of God.